Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on July 31st, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find options for how to do that there as well. And now, here's Tova Trellstad Larson with a Gospel reading. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, chapter 13. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But Jesus replied, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And Jesus said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This story is interesting. It's one of those Bible verses where you hear the man speak from the crowd and maybe you even agree with him when you first read the passage. Jesus should tell this man's brother to split the inheritance. I'm an older sister, so splitting food and sharing things with my brother is something I am very familiar with. When I first read this story, I confess that I thought this man was completely right asking Jesus for help. But instead, Jesus, who senses the man might be acting out of greed, tells a story of a person who gained abundant crops, stored them, and felt like they could relax and be comfortable for a long time, having far more than they needed. After deciding to store his crops, he's scolded by God, who calls him a fool. Why is he a fool? He profited off of his land. He made all of his own crops. He lived comfortably for the rest of his days. That should be familiar. It's basically the blueprint for the American dream. And as people raised in a society where comfort and always wanting more than enough is the backbone of what we work for, doesn't that sound like a good thing? I think a lot of people, including myself, would say yes. We like having things, things like money, power, clothes, pretty much anything you can get on Amazon. Our society has a love affair with things and the love of it permeates everything. A scary reflection of this love affair can be seen in the game of life. <laughs> I'm sure many of you have played the game of life before. It's a well-known board game. Basically, the concept is that you are born and you have to make decisions that affect your life all the way until retirement. The really interesting thing about the game, though, is that the person who wins at the game of life is the one with the most money in the end. <laughs> you can accumulate a spouse, children, and pets in the game, and they're all converted to cash. What does this mean? Well, of course, there's the obvious answer that it's just a way to tell who won the game. But my question is, how does this show us how comfortable we are reducing the entirety of our lives the entirety of our purpose. 
on this earth to how much we accumulate in the end. Like the man in this story. My mom is a theologian, so she has talked to me about sin since I was very little. Recently, she explained more that one definition of sin is a cycle of something bad that we have a hard time getting out of. We become trapped in this harmful pattern of action or thought. Additionally, one interesting theological understanding of original sin describes it as inheriting a system of sin that we initially are not responsible for, but as we make our own choices in life, we consciously or unconsciously become culpable. We gain responsibility for perpetuating that system that harms ourselves, others, or creation. I would say that greed is the original sin, the cycle, that our society here in America has the hardest time escaping from. Like this brother who calls to Jesus at the beginning of the story, we want things. We feel entitled to things. And in this, Jesus is telling us not to store up treasures for ourselves, but be rich to God. What does it mean to be rich to God, to turn away from these treasures? I think the solution to this is a lot more simple than it seems. Perhaps it is to turn away from the things that you have bought or the money that you have and look at the people around you. Greed is isolating and surrounding yourself with things and not people is not a happy way to live. The man in Jesus's story spends most of the story until God speaks up alone. His relationship is between him and his crop, him and his possessions. He has separated himself from others by not sharing his wealth. The others that he doesn't share his wealth with are an interesting extra group of characters in the story that are not mentioned. While this man is relaxed with more than he needs, there are those who he could help, his neighbors or family who might need food. This man neglects them. He ignores one of the most important things God asks us to do, to love our neighbor as ourselves. In what ways are we like the person in this story, neglecting those in our lives in need of help because it is the easier thing to do? I think one of the ways we participate in greed is by being passive in the face of injustice. The man in this story did not take money from anyone. He wasn't greedy in that way. He wasn't a thief. He simply didn't actively use his money to help anyone either. That's what made him greedy, his passivity. He could do something to help people, but chose not to because their problems didn't affect him. That is a fascinating concept and something that we struggle with a lot. I think that one of our biggest problems that I have caught myself subconsciously doing is not prioritizing other people's problems when they do not directly affect me. And I suspect I am not the only one with this issue. I've talked with people who have outright told me that they don't care about politics when it doesn't pertain to them. In this way, we can be a lot like the man in the story. We're not doing anything bad actively, but in our passivity, we are harming people. So how can we be better? In the parable, God cuts in after the man decides to relax and spend the rest of his life with his crop and says, this very night, your life is being demanded of you. On first look, it seems like perhaps God is saying that the man is facing death with the warning that any moment our life could be taken from us. Another way to read it suggests that we are accountable each day and each moment for how we live our lives. But I prefer to read it as a call. A call to do what, though? 
I suggest that it is a call to rearrange our priorities. God is saying that our life is being demanded of us, saying that life is about more than ourselves, our money, our privilege, our possessions. And God is demanding that we re-examine what is really important. What are we making our lives about? Have you seen or read the play A Christmas Carol? A stingy man named Ebenezer Scrooge pilfers away all his money and harms everyone around him with his greed, but he is given the opportunity to rethink his priorities. One of my favorite parts of the play that I immediately thought of when reading this passage of Luke was the part in the play where Scrooge is visited by his coworker who passed away. Scrooge says, you are a good business partner. And the ghost says to him, business? Humankind was my business. Similarly to this well-known character, we are being offered an opportunity to change what we are prioritizing. We are reminded that we are called to live a life rich toward God, and we can be rich toward God by using what we have to help other people, by being rich toward those around us. Are we prioritizing things like wealth, which could divide us from people and make us accomplices in others' suffering? Or are we prioritizing our neighbor's happiness and well-being? Are we prioritizing the things that affect us only? Or are we making time to work toward the justice for those who are oppressed in ways that we are not? This reset of our priorities is important as we exit Tacoma's Pride Month, because speaking as a bisexual person, this year has been really hard for the LGBTQIA community. Laws have been put into place that regulate whether LGBTQIA people can openly be their authentic selves in the world. So, in what ways have we been like the man in Jesus' parable, harming others with our inaction? And how can we move forward being generous with our care, energy, and love, being rich to God and God's people? There are really simple ways that we can do things to show people that we support them and care about them. When I came out as bisexual a couple years ago, my parents didn't only accept my sexuality, they decided that they were going to help me make a bi cake with the colors of the bi flag for Bisexual Visibility Day. In that way, they were rich toward God. My parents didn't simply acknowledge me, they showed me through their actions that I was accepted, loved, and celebrated. As we move out of this Pride Month, I am here to say that you are being called to be rich toward God, that your life is being demanded of you. In this story, God is calling you and I to be agents of justice and love. We are called to be rich toward God by doing big things like advocating for the rights of others, or by doing smaller things like baking a cake for someone to show them that they are loved. Where you have more than enough power, share the wealth. Make it your life to uplift those in need. Today, tomorrow, and forever, Live in a way that is rich in God's holy, active love. It is what we are called to do. Thanks be to God. Amen.